Welcome to Honestly Well. I am Marissa Fay. I am a holistic and functional nutritionist and an accountability coach. Yes, I am officially owning and adding something else to my shop, putting out a little sign to let you know that I am here to offer even more services and support to you. Uh, I am so excited to do that and so excited about where that conversation can take us in this podcast. You know, in reflecting last year on the episodes that were the most listened to, they were all around habits, healthy habits, and accountability, and really shifting mindset. And I am ready to own that. So my encouragement for you in this new year is own it. Own it, babe, who you are, what you want to be in this world and who you want to support, what you want to stand for. So I am fresh off uh, a free masterclass that I just did in my free private Facebook group. It's called Honestly Well. So if you search on Facebook for Honestly Well, you'll find that it'll be labeled as a holistic health community. I would love to have you join us there um, and see you in some of my upcoming free masterclass. Classes. Um, so check that out. And without further ado, I want to dive in with today's guest. Um, so you'll hear in a minute that Courtney Thomas is joining me today to talk about self-trust, uh, her story, how she has gotten to where she's got, what inspires her, and where we think folks could start in their journey to self-trust. So take a listen and would love to continue the conversation with you in the Facebook group. Well, everyone, I'm so excited for today's guest, Courtney Thomas, who's joining me for a conversation all about cultivating self-trust. Courtney and I met through uh, a women's group that we're both in for business, um, but more importantly, really stumbled upon just sharing in our own journeys and how we've gotten into the work that we do. So before we dive in, I just want to introduce Courtney and have her share a little bit about herself. So welcome, Courtney. Can wow, you please? Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Can you please share with the Honestly Well audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I'll try to keep that in a, in a not taking up the whole show format. <laughs> right. Good luck. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. That open-ended, tell me about yourself uh -huh. question. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I feel like we all have our own interpretation of this for me, like a lot of that falls with professionally. So I'll kind of start there, you know, where I feel strongly tied to my professional identity. Um, so, you know, I've really been in this kind of fitness, wellness, movement, uh, coaching space for about a decade now, which is wild. Um, but I didn't start there. Uh, that is definitely like a later in life career for me. Um, even though it's now like a mature career after mm -hmm. this many years. So, um, you know, I, got into this because I loved it. Um, and it is kind of evolved from there, but, um, kind of the interesting fact about that is that, uh, I was never like in my younger days as a kid or anything like that. Like I was never into like fitness or sports or exercise or any of that. Like my stepdad's nickname for me was actually the slug. Cause I like, didn't do anything. <laughs> like I did not like to do that stuff. Um, I was actively involved in like basically every other, um, activity that you could do, uh, you know, drama and 
speaking and music and like all of the things, um, you know, went to college for business, came out, kind of did the corporate thing for a little while, hated it. And that's kind of how I found my way to fitness. My husband, actually, I always give him the credit with this because I had started, um, finding my way to fitness actually, Mm -hmm. and, uh, really enjoying the way that, you know, it was just empowering me in so many different ways that I never experienced before. Um, and he was like, you know, Courtney, like somebody owns that gym that you like to go to that like spin studio that you go to (laughs) three, four, five times a week. Like, why don't you do that? And it, blew my mind. I never had thought of it. Cause like I said, I didn't have a background in that at all. And that kind of started it all. And then over the last decade or so it's really evolved just through having different experiences myself and with clients and kind of really learning more about myself, about, um, you know, certainly my strengths and skills and what I'm good at and how I can help people. Um, but then kind of marrying that too, with like their feedback and what they need and what the world needs and, uh, kind of, you know, experimenting and, and finding my way here to kind of this place of, um, I, I describe it as self-discovery facilitation. (laughs) I love that. Also, can we just take a beat for the idea that like, you can change your mind, change your career, change (laughs) what you're passionate about at any moment, like changing the narrative that like at a certain age, like you're not allowed to like, Oh my goodness. Cause I I think both of us have been through that. And I just want people out there to know, like you can change your career. It's never too late. If you don't love what you do, change, change it change something. Seriously. I am. And like, I would say that even like within what you're doing, cause like, that's Mm -hmm. been my experience is like, I started off with one very specific thing and then it evolved. And then I was like, no, I'm not so sure about that. And so then I changed it again and like tweaked it. And you know, then it was like, it felt like the pendulum swung totally one other way. And then it kind of came back to the other side. And now it's somewhere in the, like, you can also just like make these adjustments too. You know, I, I actually, this would be like a whole separate podcast episode (laughs) conversation, but like, I reel against that idea of like, you have to pick one thing and do that forever. Yeah, totally. You don't have to pick one thing. Like hybridity is huge. Uh, you know, multi-passionate makers and service provide, like all of that stuff is really big. And combine that with the fact that I'm like the hugest, huge, huge, huge fan of, uh, an exit plan. Like you, like, I know that's scary and everybody like is afraid of making a really big jump or a big change or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then make an exit plan. Cause like you said, you can always change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And to kind of like pivot that into our conversation today, yeah. you know, I think a lot of us get into, we kind of dive into something full force and we can't imagine doing something else. We get really yeah. rigid in some area of our health, whether it be our fitness or our diet or the schedule that we have, we just kind of really love something that's so black and white, but I really am always encouraging folks like variety is the spice of life, but it Mm -hmm. also is like the best thing that you can be doing for your health is changing it up uh, and trying new things. And maybe last year you loved spinning and maybe this year you're all about lifting heavy weights and that's incredible for your health. So it's like this flexibility in path as far as career goes, but also as far as your health goals, Mm -hmm. I think is so key and important. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I talk about experimentation all the time and that's, you know, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So, so so let's start out this conversation with like, why do we not trust ourselves? Like this whole question of how do we cultivate self-trust, I think starts with like, 
what's the problem? Why is our, why is our trust <laughs> broken with ourselves? What do you yeah. think? Where do you think that starts from your perspective? Oh, I think really the biggest factor truly is cultural and societal conditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think it's certainly, certainly relevant as far as like our physical bodies go. Um, that's just such a huge thing, especially for folks who identify as women. Um, but in so many ways, you know, this is too, like, weirdly, <laughs> which I know we weren't going there, but like relevant to the career conversation mm -hmm. too, you know, like that's, there's a lot of cultural societal conditioning around that, you know? So I think that just the, like, it's one of those things that you just don't even notice that from a really, really young age, we are constantly like low level and really directly sometimes just like told what to do, how to do it, who to be, how to be, how not to be, what not to do, um, you know, what's right, what's wrong, you know, to that point about everything being black and white, like we just get bombarded with like all the shoulds of life. Mm -hmm. And it's often easier to just default into those like made for you choices um, versus taking a, you know, just even a moment to reflect and kind of ask yourself like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Is this, is this who I am? Is this what I want my life to be? Um, you know, because as we know, like we can name examples of, you know, probably people we know in our personal lives or out in the world or whatever, who like go against the grain and, it's, it's a tough road, you know? So I think that that's a lot of the reason why we just kind of give that, give that up, you know? And the more that you kind of go along with that conditioning, um, I think you do sort of lose that skill to listen to yourself, to, to be in touch with what's in your gut, what's in your intuition, um, and trust that at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I think the people listening, if you've heard other episodes, have probably heard me talk about how, you know, part of the work that I do in holistic nutrition is about connecting your gut to your heart, to your brain and yeah. back and forth, because I feel like ever since we're young, if you're somebody who identifies as a woman or, and you identified as a girl, like the world was telling you, like cut off communication between all of these parts of your body. Oh. And I feel like that's like, the very first relationship that you form is the one with yourself and our yep. whole ability to communicate with ourselves is just messed up. And yep. I think a lot about how like food is like a starting place for that. Just seeing, just watching like my nephews around food, even though they have a different gender identity, like watching them and food and how adults are trying to push food on them or not. Yeah. And I wonder if you have an early memory yourself of a time where you recall like not trusting yourself and what that experience was like for you. Um, you know, what's funny is I, and this is weird. I, maybe it's been this year and this end of the year and whatever. I've been kind of like reflecting on this actually recently because, um, <laughs> if anybody does like go to check me out or anything, like you'll, you'll learn that I am like a hundred percent, like a nineties girl, like yes. <laughs> is like my thing. And so like, there's some nostalgia about that, but also just like, you know, I mean, we just, we, we like what we like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought about this and I thought like, it wasn't necessarily that 
you know, life was like so amazing or, you know, I mean, yes, the nineties are great, but like, also that was a very weird time in my life. And my childhood is a whole other different story and stuff. So I was like, what is it that I love about this? And, um, what I kind of came to realize is that that was actually a time when I did trust myself a lot. Mm. Like I pretty much was like, well, this is who I am. And like, I'm not afraid to be that person. So what's really interesting is I think returning to that feeling now later in my thirties, um, I think what I'm realizing is that actually there was some point in like, you know, my like mid to late twenties where I had a much bigger lack of trust, mm-hmm. you know, even, even maybe early, even maybe like kind of late college and, you know, somewhere through that whole phase was where there was much more like, I don't, I don't know if any, if I'm supposed to be doing any of this, <laughs> like, you know, and then there was a phase too. I feel like when I, um, kind of in the middle of my business, I would say when I, um, leaned real hard into like different online communities and groups and some like social media stuff. And I really lost myself there. I really mm-hmm. lost trust in myself when I was very wrapped up in that version of what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was like a weird double-edged thing of like having a lot of really incredible women and role models around me, but then also, being like, well, but then I'm doing everything wrong. So it's really interesting that actually for me, it was like later in life. It wasn't like when I was a kid, that was when I felt like more intuitively connected to myself, which is interesting. I didn't lose that for a long time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel, no, I feel like I've had the similar experience and maybe that's something about us both being kind of women <laughs> entrepreneurs, <Yeah. laughs> but I feel like I, as a young person was really clear about who I was Yes, uh, and like what mattered to me. And I agree yes. at some point in my twenties that kind of waned and I got really concerned about different trends and, and trying kind of trying to mash up what I thought needed to be my public face and my private face. And I do think, you know, part of that was my own like twisty turny journey in health, to be honest. Um, And, and really starting that journey hardcore in the fitness world um, and how just being inundated with that influence and that image. I mean, I even think about one of my kind of business role models who uh, is in the fitness industry. And I kind of hate what she does in the fitness industry, (laughs) but I love what she talks about in business, but I see her as being kind of toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, and she even has gone back to talk about like 10 years ago, how like she wasn't eating, she was doing a lot of cardio, you know, she was, she was saving face. Um, and I guess I wonder for both of us, you know, how did we learn to start trusting ourselves again then from this experience where we kind of got derailed in our 20s? Um, how did you personally come back to trusting yourself? What was that like? I I mean, I would say it was kind of going through my own kind of sticky process. Like I always say that, like, I, I don't. I don't sugarcoat anything. And we're also going to go real deep. Like there are a lot of different, um, health, wellness, life, fitness, mindset coaches out there. Everybody's style is a little different. Everybody's process, personality, whatever is a little different, but like, I'm going to go for it. Right. And I think that the reason that I've gotten to that place and, um, that is like a successful thing for me is because I, like, I kind of like put myself through it without even really knowing it, but like, I, I mean, it was pretty sticky for a while. There was like at least a good year where 
I don't think I realized until I was out of it that I was pretty depressed actually. Um, you know, I definitely, like I, I go, I went through an, and continue to stay in ongoing therapy. Like, so certainly that helped, but like a lot of it was like walking through my own process of like the self-discovery and self-reflection stuff that I take clients through, you know, like I, ask the hard questions of like, what is the point of all of this? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I trying to force myself into this box? What am I afraid of? Like, who do I really want to align with? Um, you know, can I give this up? Like, you know, like what's it worth to me? You know, like that kind of a thing too. I definitely asked um, the important questions around what my enough is, you know, just as far as like life and fulfillment and relationships and yes, money and business and clients and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, I kind of hadn't done that. And one of my cornerstone things is, um, a really extensive and like, it can be thick and surprising, um, like determining and understanding your personal values exercise. Like, so I have a really like extensive thing through that. And I actually, like, I literally printed off my own worksheet and did it, sat down and did it took like an hour and a half. And I was like, Oh, Okay. And I actually think that was, cause I still have that like sitting on my desk and like a little file thing here. And I think that was like a turning point in the process for me to where I was like, okay, like you knew this all along and you let other stuff sway you like start here. If this is where you're going to, my husband always says like physician heal thyself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Shut up. Like, you know, he's <laughs> just like, you, you, you help other people with this, like do it for yourself. And as we both know, like, that's not that easy. Um, but like, I did do that. I ended up like kind of working with some other coaches and doing some other things along the way too. That's a great way to do it for sure. Coaches have coaches. Um, but like, you know, it was, it was a while. It was like going through the muck, the really sticky, squishy stuff. And, um, just getting back to understanding myself more. I, you know, I, I took breaks from social media. I, you know, I, I just wrote what was in my heart. I wasn't afraid to share stuff. And I think just walking through that was the only way to get through for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those where I think it's really important because this episode's coming out in January and a lot of folks might be resolution folks or intention yeah. folks or goal folks, whatever kind of name you want to give so that you can sleep at night to the fact that you're making a new year's resolution. Let's be real. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's important to mention, like there's, there are no shortcuts. Oh. If there's something that, it, that seems too good to be true. It is, it is too good to be true. Like, I just, I really want to hit that home. Like yep. there is no shortcut for the things that are healthy and will truly help you to be well. And that yep. is like getting to know yourself, building this trust relationship, like getting your relationship with food in a good spot, understanding what you need to eat, how you need to move your body. There's no shortcut folks. No, like, no. Honestly, every time I have taken a shortcut or thought a shortcut would work for me, I think it took me further away from trusting myself. Oh, a hundred percent. I have had the exact same experience. Anytime I tried to, I mean, shortcuts, a great word, but like basically use somebody else's system or formula. It set me way far off track, way back, way, like way to where I had to, again, then go through the mock of process of time of whatever to like get back to start and then, you know, get where I wanted to go in the first place. It's, it's, I mean, like thinking about it too, in the context of like new year and everything that we're talking about, about, you know, overall health and wellness and all of this, like how many years have you tried a new diet or a new fitness program 
or a 30 day challenge or a detox or whatever, like truly ask yourself, like, do I really want to do that again? Yes. Yes. I mean, you can (laughs) read a book or you can sign up for a course or whatever, but like the chances are it's like 50, 50 that you're not even going to do it at all because you don't really that because that's not a good fit, you know, or you're going to do it and still feel like I didn't get anything. I didn't get what I needed out of that. Like, so avoiding the tough stuff in the long run, like it just does not help. Like you at a certain point, you will be ready (laughs) and recognize that like, that's what you need to dig into and that will change your world. Yeah, totally. And I think there's for a lot of us, like I've, I talk with my clients a lot about if they're a moderator or an abstainer, which is probably right. Like, so for folks listening to be really clear. So abstainers are folks who do really well in situations where something either is that something they do or can have, or it's absolutely not. And it's not in their environment or they say no, and they don't even think about it. And moderators are folks where if that, if they tried to live with those paradigms, they would rebel hardcore. (laughs) And so they need the freedom of choice. They need the ability to be like, I can have a little, or I can do a little. It's about the dose rather than the fact that I'm even having this particular medicine. Um, And I think the, you know, in my work observing my clients, I really think that moderation is uncomfortable Yeah, and that's why we don't like it. And we shy away from it because for a short period of time, abstaining is easier. Mm -hmm. However, abstaining Mm -hmm. does not last forever. For the vast majority of us. I mean, certainly we're speaking in generalities. Maybe there are a few listeners who truly are like, it's very black and white and that's how they work and they can totally rock that. But I think the vast majority of us are like, you need to understand where your your ability to choose comes from, why you're choosing what you choose so that you can on occasion have a little bit of something, right? Or do a little bit of something that's not within your norm. I wonder if you see that with your clients, Courtney, and to kind of build on that, what other kind of similar types of issues or trends you see with your clients that are kind of interrupting this trust muscle? Oh, um, well, first of all, yes, I do definitely see those challenges. And, um, I would agree that certainly parallels like in fitness in like kind of this like career mindset, you know, work that I tend to do with clients. Like, it's just like, well, but tell me what to do. I don't want to have to choose you know, like that, that gets very overwhelming. I've talked about that a lot actually, um, with like some peer groups and other business owners and stuff that like, um, because I'm actually really big, same as you on the power of choice, like understand that you always have a choice, even if the situation or the circumstance is, you know, a certain way it's set for a while, whatever, like, guess what? You have other things you can choose, which is potentially your outlook or your attitude or, you know, like whatever, like there's always something that is within your control, Um, and like, that's sometimes surprising for people. And then sometimes it's overwhelming. Like you said, like to actually have a lot of choices can be something that keeps people frozen. Right. So then it is almost like you sort of have to back off and get back to that point of like, okay, what is keeping you from feeling like you can, um, be discerning about which choice is right for you, Mm -hmm. you know? So again, that kind of goes back to, 
all right, well, listen, we're going to have to start at the beginning, you know, like what, what are you about? What's going on in your world? You know, like, what are you here for? What do you want? Um, you know, and of course more, you know, in-depth, the detailed, like personalized questions and that, cause that's too big too. Like that's one big choice in itself. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what are you here for? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's going into a lot of these things that people, um, struggle to go inward for, uh, that's, you know, that that's really big. And I think a lot of times, sometimes that barrier to, you know, to being a bit more comfortable with choice and trusting yourself is that like, we just, we accumulate a lot of life experiences, right. And sometimes they don't always feel great. Sometimes, um, maybe we have some leftover guilt or shame or other weird feelings about them. Potentially those things have been left unprocessed, um, you know, maybe we're still kind of stuck in a place of like weird obligations that, you know, are, are feeling like not aligned and like some friction around that. So, um, that I think can, again, sort of steal some of that power of, you know, confidence in ourselves and what we know we do want for ourselves or the confidence to take that smallest next best step. Um, you know, so it definitely starts with that, like, <sighs> I, I, I mean, certainly I take that role of like, kind of just like, because hmm, it's a combination of like a forceful and a gentle nudge, yeah. like, you know, I'm kind of like a soft hand, but like a hard push, yes. <laughs> you yes. know, like, oh, totally. okay, but, but what else? And, um, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a compassionate and a self-compassionate approach, but like, you still have to do the tough work, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think probably for both of us, there's a reason somebody chooses us over other people in our industries. And I would say I have that similar style of, I always say that I'm very empathetic. I am, Mm -hmm. I am highly empathetic. And I also know that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I also know that you've chosen me for a reason. And one of those reasons is because you need someone who is going to give you that firm. (laughs) We're both doing this hand motion. We're like kind of pushing towards the screen. (laughs) It's like an interesting dance move, but you know, you're coming to us because you want that firm, like, okay, you said you want to go in that direction. I've got your back, but we're going to move in that direction. We're not just going to stand still. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, love I always that- say, I, I say what I mean without being mean, yes. like, uh, just like you said, like you came to me for a reason. Like there was something that caught your eye. Our first conversation, we vibed, whatever it is. So like you told me what you need and I'm going to give you what you asked for, you know? Right. So. And I love that you have folks do a values activity. Anytime mm-hmm. I coach um, folks, so I coach other people who have health businesses and anytime I coach them, I have them do a values exercise. But yeah. with my nutrition clients, I do more of what's your why, yeah. but either of those, I think get at a similar kind of theme. And I'm curious just because I was recently listening to uh, Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, and she had an expert on, and they were talking about really you have to whittle down your values to like two, yep, two values. And I'm curious, Courtney, what your two values are. Uh, if you've whittled it down, which two are the things that you really stand for and stand on? Um, the one that, um, which I want to caveat this too, or add this to the conversation about values is that 
Um, it's something that I often recommend to my clients revisit yearly, at least mm -hmm. because they change because our lives change. What we believe in changes, what matters to us changes, seasons come and go. Like, so don't think that this stuff is fixed for your whole life. Cause it's not like, and that too can be part of a, you know, part of a challenge that we go through. Um, so, uh, where I was going with that was <laughs> one that has certainly been revealed to me that I think is much more of a cornerstone for me than I knew uh, is hope. Actually, I really, really value oh. hope. I stand on hope and in it. And, um, that's like, that's real big for me actually. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think also that I realized joy mattered so much to me. And that can kind of be in the context of like enjoyment as well, which I think is something that a lot of people miss in, um, in their world. Uh, and then, you know, I I'm with you too. Like those that it, it's going to end up being a few things that you feel really, really, really connected to. So like, those are pretty big for me, but like, um, others that stand out and continue to be part of my foundation anyway, are um, connection. That's really, really big. That's, I mean, that means one-on-one -on -one, that means with my husband, that means with my community, like connection is huge for me. Um, learning always that is ongoing health, obviously. And that means every aspect of it overall, um, uh, individualism. And I always caveat that by saying not like oh, American rugged individualism, not that the things that we're talking about, about essentially knowing yourself, like being yourself and not like being a copy of anybody else, that type of individualism, um, is big for me. And that, you know, all of those things, it's funny because, when I sat down and did that exercise, like I said, that was kind of a turning point for me, um, in like the self-trust and stuff. Cause I looked at the piece of paper and I was like, yeah, like that's like literally everything that I believe in, everything that I do, everything that I am, it's laced through, you know, my offerings, it's laced through my conversations, it's laced through, you know, my emails, like absolutely everything. So, um, you know, that's how, that's how values should feel, but then, uh, for sure, hope and joy or enjoyment are, uh, at the top of the list lately. I love those. I feel like those aren't ones that I've seen and a lot of people's kind of work when they do a values exercise. So I love that, you know, yours are so squarely focused on, to me, those are mindset, yeah, like kind of right. mindset <laughs> and, and perspective on how you want to see the world. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I love those. So for folks who are listening that are thinking like, okay, I really want to work on this whole self-trust and cultivating it. Where is one place you think someone could start that journey? Well, I mean, I feel like relevant to, you know, our worlds, certainly, I think that um, connecting with yourself physically uh, is, is it actually a good place to start? At the same time though, it's a difficult one. So like I say that with the understanding that like for me to say, you know, maybe take some time to do a body scan meditation or, you know, like take a minute to, you know, meditate and just listen to what your body needs in this moment or, you know, what you would like to do for movement today instead of just saying, oh, I'm supposed to do 30 minutes on the treadmill or, you know, whatever. I get that that it can actually be the most difficult version. <laughs> um, but it's still like kind of a place I might challenge folks to, 
to go ahead and work with, you know, and in my experience with, uh, especially the groups, um, in my, uh, like more body image, body confidence focused, uh, work that like, listen to your body thing is like one of our first things that we go through. And a lot of times the feedback is like, but like, I literally, I feel so disconnected from myself. So again, Mm -hmm. that's something that then I would say like, well, then maybe that's actually the, like the best place to start. You know, what, what is like the literal smallest chunk that you could do with that? Yeah. Um, And, you know, if that means like, again, like seeking out some type of some, something guided or whatever, or just saying, instead of doing the thing that I had planned, I'm just going to do something different, like, and see how it feels, listen for feedback, pause journal. Like, I know I'm kind of like throwing a lot of ideas out here, but the main gist is like, I, I would probably recommend to like, start with something that's like physically connecting, like with your, with your own body physically. Yeah, I totally agree. I I know for me and for a lot of people that I've worked with over the years that part of that journey and getting into your physical body is feeling capable. Oh, I love that. And feeling strong. And I don't necessarily mean strong from the standpoint of like, oh, I lifted something very heavy, which like been there, done that. And I can tell you that you know, I feel just as strong when I go on an hour walk in the sunshine and listen to music and I'm just pumped. Like I feel just as strong as when I used to get under really heavy barbells and make, you know, loud noises. So it's not about the, the amount of weight or the intensity of something, but I would challenge folks to think of like, what would make you feel capable? And maybe that capable is not even about like physically capable. It's like mentally capable, Mm -hmm. but what could feed that as far as getting into your body. And so Mm -hmm. for sure, like it literally is. And I want to be sensitive to the fact that like, there are all different bodies and all different ability levels and like really getting into your body. And I know you mean this too, when you say it, Courtney, like could just be a 15 minute walk, or it could just be, if you're unable to move your legs, like punching for five minutes, like, honestly, it really like, keep it simple. Like, Do not overcomplicate it because it really is that time of year where we're like, everybody's selling you something and there's a lots of bells and whistles out there. And like, I just really want people to, to hear that part of trusting themselves and their bodies is getting into their body yeah. is moving their body and experiencing what that's like and realizing that like they can. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're like, there are just so many ways to do that, (laughs) you know, like that experiment with it, you know, I mean, it just, there's no one right way. There's a way that works for you. And that also could be a bunch of different things that that's like another, you know, total, I think misunderstanding around, you know, fitness and movement and also eating and whatever is like, Oh, you have to like pick a program and stay regimented with it. No, you don't like you can spin one day, do Zumba the next yoga, the next five minute meditation, the next, like, you know, walk the next, whatever, like you can do whatever you want. It, I mean, it doesn't have to follow a thing. So, you know, it's all about that experimentation, but then take the time to like, to listen then and say yeah. like, Ooh, yeah, I liked that. I want to do more of that because it made me feel capable or strong or like I could, you know, be like, I was more connected to myself or whatever, like pay attention to those signals and, you know, lean into what you want more of. Yeah. And I love that. So I think it's really that like lean into it, right. Lean into what you want more of lean away from what you want less of. Right. And that alone, like that's going to build that self-trust muscle Mm -hmm. in every area of life. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I see that with food too. And I, I talked a lot before the holidays about like, create your non-negotiables list, you know, like 
like know what is where are the places where you feel like oh yes I could have a little bit and the places where you're like no like a little bit is not even okay for me like I shared personally for me like gluten is a is a non-negotiable like I don't ever need to cross that bridge yeah. for my own health and well-being but you know if I were with family and my mom made something fantastic with dairy which I don't normally eat yeah, I'm going to have a little bit of it because it's about the experience and the joy. And I'm going to lean into the joy in that moment. Yeah. So I think the big point here is like anyone else's journey is not going to be your journey. Yeah. I, I think that we can take, we can always like take pieces and, you know, like I always say, and you probably feel very much the same way in business life, health, all of the things like take what feels good and leave the rest. You know what I mean? Like, so we can always learn from other people's journeys, whether that's in, you know, books or TV or podcasts or people we know, or, you know, our family or best friend or whatever, that's all fine. But, um, again, like there's, there's no one right way. So like take what works, leave what doesn't and make it your own, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, any final thoughts that you want to leave the audience with? And I'll, and I'll say this, that the podcast is called honestly well. And the idea is that, you know, I'm sharing with folks things that like really, and truly will help them to be well. And I wonder if in this conversation, anything stuck out for you, or there's anything you want to add that you feel like, uh, that is really the key for somebody to take away from this that will actually help them to be honestly well and forget that other noise. Oh my goodness. All of it. Like there's right? a lot here. Like if you got to the end, I would say like, maybe listen to this podcast again, like next week, Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, like pick out the other nuggets that, you know, stand out to you that day. Um, you know, I would just really, honestly, I reiterate everything that we talked about. Like so much of it is like, we're, we're so well conditioned to look outside of ourselves to, you know, fall into line, to be what other people tell us we need to be. And like, just whenever you fall into that mode, like just try to increase your awareness in all the ways that you know how in around your wellness, around your food, around your movement, around your work, all of that, like your relation, all of it, just increase your awareness. And I love how you put it of like, lean into what you want more of and lean away from what you don't like, know that you have permission to do that. Like you can Mm. be a person, you can be the person that you are, (laughs) you know, like don't have to be the person that you're expected to be. And, you know, I mean, if anything, I would kind of sum it up like my, you know, my, my life role model is Dolly Parton, which I don't like, I guess you're not doing the video, but like behind no. me, there's Dolly, everything like she's, she's my world. Right. And I always say that I, I help women find their own inner Dolly Parton because she is like the best example of doing exactly what she knows is right. Doing exactly what she knows is who she is and being totally unapologetic about it. And, um, you know, if you can just channel whatever that is for yourself, like that's going to be the like the most amazing and fulfilling and enjoyable and just like so awesome way to live your life, be in your body, experience the world. Um, you know, so like my favorite quote of hers is find out who you are and do it on purpose. And that like, that kind of sums it all up, I think in all aspects of health and wellness and all parts of our lives. Yeah. I co-sign that. I also co-sign the idea that Dolly Parton is like super underrated yeah. Like for her generation too to have done everything that she has and like mm-hmm. 
you know, folks, if you channel your inner Dolly, you too could have a theme park, you know, yeah. like what, <laughs> how random is that? <laughs> also like when you post COVID definitely go to Dollywood. It's like amazing Wow, to like, just like love three hours of your day or whatever it is. And like, feel like you're in the most like happy, I, like, you know, people might call another theme park, the happiest place on earth, like wrong. It's definitely Dollywood. <laughs> Well, you heard it here, folks. Yes. <laughs> Dollywood, your next hot vacation destination. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Courtney, for joining me. Would you tell folks where they can find you on the great wide web? Yeah, absolutely. I am uh, very easy to find directly on my website. That's really the best place. It's CourtneyThomas.com, Courtney with a K. Um, and you can contact me there. My email is there. And I always say like, I don't even have an assistant. Like if you email me, you will get me. <laughs> wow. Um, I know. Right. Like <laughs> I don't even have a VA. Um, you can sign up for a call to chat with me. I lo absolutely love doing that. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm not on any other social media stuff. Um, so it's definitely like direct my website, sign up for my email list or reach out to me directly. Um, or find me on LinkedIn. Those are pretty much the best places to find. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you again. And I hope that folks took something away from today's conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to you, like, again, like kind of, especially this time of year, as you are like reflecting and kind of increasing awareness and stuff and maybe paying a bit more attention to, you know, some of the stuff that we're, that we're seeing, um, you know, this time of year, I would invite folks if anything did kind of stick out to you today and what we talked about and is potentially something that you want a little bit more, of, maybe want to lean a little bit more <laughs> into. Um, I have my next group of my, um, body confidence coaching group, fitness unraveled that's starting at the end of January. So registration for that is open right now. Um, and the group will start on January 25th and that's a four month process. Again, we kind of talked about like, it takes a little bit of time, right. You yeah. know, like it takes a commitment to kind of dig into some of this stuff, but, um, you know, all of the women who have been through this group before have pretty much said, like, this is the best thing I've ever done for myself. This was totally different than anything else. And also like it completely changed my relationship with my body and with myself and helped me to trust myself more and just feel better in my health and in my body. And, um, so, you know, again, if anything kind of caught your ear, I would invite you to check that out too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again, Courtney. And I hope folks will check you out. Yeah. Thank you again for having me on. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Again, just a warm welcome into the new year and a reminder that you don't have to go it alone. Join the free Facebook group, search honestly well in Facebook. You'll find it. It's a holistic health community. I'm doing all kinds of free masterclasses and things to inspire you there, handouts, all kinds of little tips and tricks you do not want to miss. So check that out. And I'd love to hear what you think of this episode. And I hope that you have picked up something from today's conversation that will help you be honestly well.